Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. Welcome back, me, to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler. Here Welcome with back, my Alex Kessler. Co-host, Michael Grothy. Hello, everyone. Ben's not here. He's he's on the red carpet for a, what's his Gerard Butler movie. Yeah, he's interviewing Gerard Butler probably as we speak. Yeah, he's talking to the great Gerard Butler. What? For, uh, not White House Down. It's the third White House Down movie. Angel has fallen. Angel has fallen. What's the who's so the you, angel? No, I understand. Gerard Butler. <gasps> Gerard Butler. Does he die in this one? <laughs> we don't know, but he falls. He definitely falls. It's like a, it's basically a life alert commercial. <laughs> <laughs> The fourth movie will be called And He Can't Get Up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Apparently, it's really good. Wasn't there like another movie about terrorists attack the White House that came out at the exact same time? Yes, there was White House, Down, and I forget what the other one is, but they're both... The Eagle Has Landed, or... Maybe. Is Marshall... Olympus Has Fallen. Is Marshall being the Yes, it's Olympus Has Fallen and and White House Down. And And White House Down was the poor man's version. Channing Tatum. Tatum. uh, Tatum. Thank you, Tatum. Channing Tatum. America's Treasure. Charming Taters. Uh, and one was... Ger- Gerard Depardieu. Yes. Yeah. Is, um, is Ben... Is Marshall filling the Ben role where he, like, gets you off track talking about movies and then the two of you talk about movies for a really long time? Absolutely. I feel like welcome I'm, to the so, Masters of Movies podcast. podcast. Oh, if you want to happens. skip all of this nonsense, there is a uh, time code right here. I'm pointing at it right now. And you can look there or you can look downstairs. There's a link in the description. Um for people that are audio only, making Marshall's life harder for getting me distracted. Uh, we are talking about a lot of today. One of them is, you know, we're going to Magic Fest Vegas, Vegas this week, and we, me and Ben and Michael are doing a live show uh, that I'll, we'll talk about in a second. Uh, it is Magic Masters of Modern Trivia Live. And then we are also going to be talking about all of the competitive play changes that have happened over the last two weeks because there's a lot. It's complicated. It affects everyone because it's how you qualify for basically being a professional magic player and uh, and the tradition of Michael Grothy data dump episodes. We're going to continue that tradition. As I've done the research. I have my like, you know, serial killer photographs and strings across a, a bulletin board uh, notes that I've taken uh, and I'm probably going to have to look at the original article as well. <laughs> that was me doing the, the what's his face from Always Sunny? Charlie, Charlie Day yeah, pointing yeah. gif. That's what I have in front of me. Cool. Um, and beyond that, we have a bunch of other stuff that we'll be, you know, vaguely talking about. If we can have time, we might get to some brews that we've thought about. Uh, some of the decks and bringing the Magic Fest, Ve- Magic Fest Vegas with me. Um, and we'll also uh, do a couple shout outs. First one is make sure to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. Jimmy and Josh do awesome commander content every week. Uh, we are both collectively at Collected.company. See what I did there? It's a website. There's no .com. It's just collected.company. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. We have a great YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Hit the bell. Like. Comment. Uh, what I'd love to hear your comment is um, which deck you're bringing to if you're going to, Mag- if you're going to Magic Fest Vegas. We'd love to, to get a comment. Also, if you have a trivia question, uh, please comment it as well on the video, and it might get chosen to be part of the game. Wow. Yeah. So post some trivia, magic trivia with an answer. Our favorite ones will get posted and we'll, 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 if there are good ones that we haven't gotten already or thought of already, we will use them maybe. Um, yeah. What's, do you have, do you have any magic trivia? I can't give it away. We're doing it at the event. Oh yeah, that's fair. Okay. So let's, let's uh, get into that, right? We don't have any other shadows I have to go through. Cool. All right. So the way that magic trivia is going to work 
If you guys have watched the Schmodown, Ben Bateman's other trivia adventures, it is a similar format to that. So me and Ben will be kind of doing live commentating and then asking the questions. Michael will be helping with scorekeeping. We will have three teams of two. Uh, the teams, and we're officially announcing it here, will be uh, team one will be Gavin Verhey and Matt Tabak. The other one will be Team Wizards. Team Wizards. Uh, they'll Although be sure they're way cooler, cooler team name. names. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, there'll be Olivia and Tappy, who are his team cosplayers. They have actually come up with their team name, which is Sistafissers, which I have to like say correctly, which I'm so intimidated by. There's so many... Just get Ben to say it. Le- yes, perfect. Uh, and then uh, the Commander and Podcast has uh, introduced Shivenbot and Phil DeLuca as well as Team 3. So we got some Commander people, Cosplayer people, and Wizards people all battling off in trivia that we've thought up. There's a bunch of different categories similar to the Schmodown format. So yep. there will be randomly selected categories. Uh, you know, it'll be like modern storyline, artwork, magic, pro tour history, commander, standard commander, keywords. Yeah, right now I have iconics as a thing, which that may not happen because I only have one question so far. There, we'll figure well, that out. I mean, like if it's a <laughs> if it's an underbaked category, well, don't but give if people want to put questions in the comments. We'll we'll properly categorize your question. I'm not Um, worried about that. If we have to have a miscellaneous category, we can. We're also going to uh, have some amount of audience participation where we ask a question. We, uh, if the contestants don't get it, then we'll take answers from the audience and we'll give you like a booster pack or yeah, whatever. So, so you... make sure to show up. There'll be free giveaways. We'll be giving right. away packs. We'll be giving away drop dot, uh, love them exclusive dragons. We have little, little dragons that you can get. Uh, uh, there's one. Yeah. We have, we might have some, uh, masters of modern play mats that'll be part of the giveaway. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, so, so come again, to the show time and what day, uh, it'll be on Friday at magic fest Vegas at, from five to seven. So, and it'll be on the channel fireball panel stage. So just at, from at five o'clock be there or be square yeah and there will be free giveaways uh opportunity to participate in trivia and it should be really fun to watch yeah really excited all right so remember i'm gonna say at the end of it at the episode but saying one more time friday five to seven magic fest vegas at the convention hall get hyped uh all right now now it's time for us all missing marshall because he's not going to magic fest vegas but you're going to somewhere exciting I've yes. donated board games to it. It's true. I'm going to Burning Man. So if you're at Burning Man, Marshall will be there. <laughs> and if you're going to Burning Man, we're going to be hosting a Conspiracy One draft at nice. Enchanted Booty Forest on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> will you also have... Are you still doing the library? Yes. Well, I camp with the Black Rock Public Library. Come on by. Check out a book. You can check it out for a whole year, but you got to bring it back at next year's burn. And we also have board games that yeah. you can likewise check out. And you must return with all their pieces or equivalent replacement pieces of your own design. Uh, I've donated board games every year, I think, to the Black Rock Library because I buy too many of them. They are well loved. Um, all right. Now, talking about NPL. So... Uh, MPL and professional magic play, etc. A big announcement happened last week. Um, it happened, I think, after we recorded last week's episode. Yeah, it was so, the day after. It was a Wednesday announcement, which is very inconvenient for us Tuesday recorders. But yep, absolutely. I'm expecting a bunch of stuff to be announced tomorrow. Luckily, there was a big announcement this Monday. It was mostly just like all the licensing agreements Wizards has made for the year. Yeah. <laughs> so like Magic Arena on Mac. Uh, Magic Woo! Arena is going to be exclusive to the Finally. Epic Games Store, uh, which actually is nice. I mean, I know that there's some controversy about the Epic Games Store, but I think that it will really improve the launcher for Magic Arena. Sure. I find the launcher to be really buggy. Like every time it has to update, I have to like re-download the launcher and start it up again. And then sometimes it doesn't work and it logs me out and it does a bunch of annoying stuff. I think the Epic Games Store is going to streamline a lot of that stuff. Um, it'll also obviously provide exposure for the game because the Epic Games 
store is more of a curated collection of games where there's fewer on the platform and they do a better job of like pushing them to the front page. So I thought that was relatively funny because the Epic Games thing is like a licensing deal that is the big piece of the announcement yeah. and there's PR like stuff that goes into that. But in reality, the bigger announcement was the Mac one to yeah, like most I people. Mean, and it was like buried under the lead as part I, of the announcement. I, I, stri- <laughs> I try and stay current with a lot of like video game industry news as well. And so the Epic Game Store is like such a huge player in the video game industry news because they make Fortnite and the Epic Game Store is basically the first big Steam competitor that is like emerging. Yeah. yeah. So so it's like a super big player in PC gaming, which I'm also passionate about. So for me, I was like, Epic Game Store. Wow. And then everybody, I go to Twitter and everybody's like, on Mac? And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that's cool. <laughs> like, I will be streaming a Magic Arena yeah, yeah, immediately yeah. I mean, because no, it's on there's going to be tons more now. people streaming it, and there's going to be a lot of people playing it. That yeah, I already I mean, it's have. Cool. I can show you on my computer the introduction to MTG Arena's Creator Hub: How to Stream page opened on my Mac. <laughs> well, uh, and especially with uh, especially with Brawl coming to Arena, oh, yeah. it's like, like really just made for Brawl is one of those formats. Like right before we started talking, uh, Michael and I were talking about like the unfortunate thing is like because they kind of released, announced Brawl like early before they could really optimize it for Arena and come out with these Brawl decks coming out, that the format like came out, a handful of people tried to make decks, but couldn't find other people to play against, and mm-hmm. so then it sort of died. Now, now the format has really bad PR for no reason. I think if everybody just can forget that that happened, and think of Brawl as like a new exciting announcement of a new format that's coming to Arena, and there's going to be pre-constructed decks, and you just forget everything else you heard about it, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's in a weird point right now too because of rotation like looming in front of us. And well, kind right, of, like and, after and the s- announcement, I didn't build a deck, even right. though like I built a deck when they first announced Brawl, and I played it with the two other people who had decks that I knew, and then uh, <laughs> and then, but after this big announcement, there was no way I was building a deck because I'm waiting for Eldraine. Brawl, That's what everybody's also, doing. Brawl also took a foil to fairy for me. <laughs> So I had Teferi foil. I opened it as a pack thing in the pre-release. So I had the stamp and everything. It was my Brawl commander. Then kind of stopped playing Brawl after Brawl died. It was in a box wow. somewhere. It never really then died. Then I was like, but... oh, I need a new deck box. I'll take it out. And then I like shoved a different deck into it. But I didn't notice because the Teferi sleeve was no. the same sleeve as the, the Haruya inner thing. So I didn't notice. And it folded the Teferi in half. That is not Brawl's fault. You need to take better care of your cards. It's Agreed. It's, it, I will play with it forever. It's in an all-foil sure. commander deck. Sure. I don't care that it's folded. Uh, but, um, I mean, I've like built four Oathbreaker decks in the last two weeks, partially just because like I'm excited for Singleton 60 card, and once Brawl is available on Arena, I'm going to jump headfirst into that. Especially because... Like, I feel that's the closest I'm going to get to like more of an eternal format, just like from a like you get to play cool stuff and brew more. What about modern? I hear that that format's pretty cool. It's just never going to be on arena. That's true. Yeah. It, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, singleton and sixty card is really cool. Um, as you know, Alex and Ben are both big fans of Highlander Roulette, which is like a one versus one twenty life competitive Highlander format. Uh, you play with six hundred cards instead mm-hmm. of sixty. Uh, I'll, I'll also be but... playing. Like my plan is to try and play a lot of historic is what it's being called the <laughs> eternal format on arena i do think they need to add shadows over innistrad and kaladesh back into the format i'm over it but i didn't want any of that i don't care about the eternal format on magic online and on magic arena and probably nobody's going to care about it because there's not going to do they're not going to do anything competitive for it and it's never going to come to tabletop what they should have done was compensated you for your cards that were rotating because that's what hearthstone does they should have just given you like for every 10 mythics you have that are rotating you get one mythic wild card yeah same for rares commons uncommons i agree so that way you get to build up a new collection after rotation and it doesn't feel really bad when all of your cards are just relegated to this format that nobody plays because hearthstone had the same problem with wild right there's a wild format in hearthstone where you can play every hearthstone 
Pokemon card ever printed, except that like nobody plays it. And so nobody cares about it. They don't do tournaments for it very often. And so for the most part, when your cards rotate, they're dead. And Blizzard gave you the option to play them, but they also recognize that those cards are basically dead. They're like, here's some dust when your cards rotate. Right. I mean, it's like well, a quarter of their value anyway, or something. Right? You can also dust them, but they give you a quarter of their value straight up. If you want to dust them, you get another quarter of their value. Oh, so you, got get, it. you can okay. get half of your rotating cards value. I'm not even asking Wizards to do that much because they have a lot more cards in their game than Hearthstone anyway. Um, each Hearthstone mm-hmm. set has like 50 cards or something. Sure, and each sure. Magic set has like 250. But so. that's because limited is a major feature of yeah, totally. And, and Hearthstone is not. Um, yeah, but the games are their games are very different. But because like their rotation is basically the same, it feels like we should get something for the cards that are rotating, and we don't. And I'm really salty about it. But I guess historic. I'll still fine. probably play historic, <laughs> especially because it'll eventually Whatever. grow bigger and bigger, which is what and it'll I'm start resembling forward. modern more closely. Right. Yeah. I also think like historic brawl sounds really exciting too. Like I think that that actually is probably more where you'll hit up arena commander. Yeah, <laughs> arena commander. Because I mean, I could be down on board for that. I'm about a commander that's free of some of the worst offenders in the commander format. No cyclonic rifts. No uh, dead eye navigators. Palancrons. Mm-hmm. No soul ring to have to deal with. Yeah, I think Frontier. soul ring is my big. We're gonna do a uh, frontier commander. What is front? Yeah. Now, when does frontier start? M10. Origins, or yeah, origins. Sorry, not origins. M10. And what's what expansion was that? Uh, it was right before. No, wait. It started with cons because cons was right before origins, right? I don't know why they started with cons. So it was it cons, cons and origins. It was cons was the first block, and then origins was right after cons, and then going from there. So battle for Zendikar is in. I mean, frontier is totally dead. I just was making a another old dead. Well, I did Eternal formats. format. <laughs> Everyone should play Oathbreaker at Magic Fest Vegas. <laughs> no way that it could die. Um, I mean, I know how to. I know how to kill Oathbreaker. Let Planeswalkers be commanders. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, let's talk about the. Well, so we talked about that. Any other announcements that happened Monday before we go back to last Wednesday? No. no. Cool. Uh, there's a whole new new system. They have made our lives so much easier because now everything isn't called Mythic in Paper Magic, at least, anymore. Well, they made and our lives easier and harder because it also looks like this. Hey, look at that chart. Oh. <laughs> uh, so let's get, let's get a brief Yeah, brief so, so I guess uh, basically in, uh, at the end of 2018, uh, after Arena came into open beta and everybody was playing it and Wizards wanted to capitalize on the hype, so they came up with kind of a half-baked new system for organized play that included the excuse me MPL which was Magic Pro League it was the top 32 approximately top 32 ranked pro players uh, since then they did a mythic invitational where they invited a bunch of you know popular streamers and you could also qualify through arena um, and then they also have you know there's been a couple of people who have been booted from the MPL or left uh, and those people have been replaced um, either through you know other top point earners or um, you know basically we have to fill this slot as quickly as possible. We're going to find somebody that we like. Um, and now, uh, but through this whole time, nobody knew how to qualify for the MPL. It was basically, they picked it kind originally. of only based on best performers in tournament play. Right. Kind of right. But, but they didn't have a criteria for the next year because there were no more pro points. So the top pro point owners don't mean anything anymore. Whereas right. originally that's what the, thir- the 32 were. Um, so, they announced basically what the future of the MPL is and by extension, what the future of all of magic organized play is, including, mm-hmm. you know, synergizing paper and tabletop magic and uh, magic online. Right. So the way that they did it is um, right now they have 
Mythic Championships. Uh, they're no longer going to be called Mythic Championships, but it's Mythic Championships for paper, and there's Mythic Championships for arena. They're totally separate. You qualify for them in different ways, uh, and but they both feed... No, they feed Mythic Championship... The no, Mythic, right. Mythic Championship in paper is now called the Players Tour, right? And then that is yeah, basically so, a... So it's a little different from a Pro Tour. Um, it's regional. They kind of... They introduce basically another layer to Paper Magic. I guess we'll start with Paper. Uh, Arena is actually simpler um, just because Arena is just standard and draft and it's pretty easy. But uh, <laughs> paper, paper is pretty complicated. So, so basically the Paper organized play structure looks something like um you got ptqs which are back they're players tour qualifiers and they function similarly to how ptqs have kind of existed for the last year where there will be so yeah so it's going to be a big mcq it's going to be a big yeah a big mcq single day uh it seems like they'll give out a few invites because they're supposed to be bigger. And there's WPN qualifiers, which are more like PPTQs. They're they're smaller. Every store gets to run one. Sure. Uh, every, I think it might be every store that clears a certain... Threshold of, of player base. Right. Consistent player base. Right. Um, so, so they're already ranking stores based on that for allocation purposes and for how many promos they give you and stuff like that. If you don't, so, if you don't know this, every store is ranked just based on how many... Con- individual players are consistently playing at those stores there's a few metrics and that we don't have to get into yeah, all yeah, of them yeah. but, but, but there's but basically they're ranked and there's like new players repeat players they have two they have like two categories of repeat players i, we don't, I didn't we do the research to, on this so i don't remember the terms off the top of my head and now you're yeah. going into it so well, let's I know. <laughs> you, you can't get me started alex all right so it's complicated let's go through it there are multiple ways to qualify for a player's tour and they are similar to what pro tours were before but it's kind of what a pro tour was mixed with a regional PTQ. Wait, I'm starting no at the longer. bottom because these okay. are the events that people are most likely to play in, right? Okay, I mean, go. like, unless you're already a pro player and you're watching the show. Which, All right. Like, so you have... Uh, so you got PTQs, you got WPN qualifiers. There's the Premier Series, which is something that is a new way to qualify for the pro tour. Uh, it currently includes the SCG Tour and the LATAM Magic Series, which is run by Bizarre de Bagda in Latin America. Uh, they are two... They're like two non-Wizards tournament series that are now going to be qualifying you for official Wizards organized play. So that's something that's new and big. I mean, SCG has always had their own tournament circuit with their own prize money, their own players championship uh, that you can, you know, fight to qualify for. It's basically similar to the Wizards system, but a little bit smaller in every way, right? It's only basically the eastern half of the U.S. And it's much less prize money, much less, you know, bright lights shining on you, fame, fortune, everything else. Um, but now that can all now qualify you for a players tour. So that's interesting and exciting. And they said they're looking to expand that program to other tournament series. So we'll see where that goes. Um, GPs, uh, top eight of a GP will qualify you for the Players Tour. But if you, well, I guess we'll get we'll get to this later. Uh, and then MTGO will still have basically what are now MCQs. They'll be PTQs and they mm-hmm. qualify you for the Players Tour. The Players Tour is now regional. Um, and it is, there's, going, there's three every season. Uh, one in the Asia Pacific region, one in North America and one in Europe. Not North America, it's the Americas. So uh, the Americas, my so, mistake. So likely if I were to guess based on how this has happened previously, uh there will be three of these a year. One every other year will be in South America. Yeah, so, so you mentioned three a year. That's something that's notable. Currently, they do four a year, and they tie them to set releases. They've pretty much always done that um, to the point where, like, 
there used to be like Pro Tour Eldritch Moon was like the name of the Pro Tour. Right. Um, so I mean, it's interesting that four. it's totally divorced from that now. Now it's, yeah, this year it was like Mythic Championship 3, which was like super hard to keep track of. Hopefully they don't do that again. But Someone made a joke and I don't know what it was. <laughs> and I'm now sad that I don't know Roman numerals. But like eventually there's a Roman numeral that spells something that is untoward. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so uh, there's only three a year. So they're not really tied to set releases anymore. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. It means that like not necessarily every set is going to get drafted. Sure. It in paper at a pro tour, mm-hmm. which is unusual for magic, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, the, the players well, think- tour is larger than the previous players tour. It's about double the size. Mm-hmm. Each, each regional one is about double the size of a players tour, or maybe it's the total number of invites are double. I think the total across the three are double. Um, and yeah, so it's regional. You don't have to go to the one that you qualify for. You can qualify like if you are traveling, if you want to travel to a GP in, japan and you qualify you You don't have to go back to asia to play in the next one you can you can uh but you you have to do it in that period correct you can't like you can't sandbag it to a future uh i I don't think so um but that's like details that are not necessarily out yet but anyway so so the players tour is interesting because they've added another layer above the players tour called the players tour finals now this kind of more closely resembles the actual pro tour because it doesn't have like as many of these tiny qualifiers going to it. It's almost like the players tour is an old pro tour mixed with an RPTQ a little bit because yeah. they have these PPTQ level events going to it. So Plus, last year they used to have these things called P like it used to be way back in the day it used to be a, a PTQ would qualify you for the pro tour. Then they realized that PTQ events were becoming too unwieldy and they didn't want to increase pro tour slots. So they created a PPTQ, a pre pro tour qualifier that would then get you into a regional pro tour qualifier that then if you won that you would get in they were top eight it was if you top it and that system ended up being for many different reasons problematic and it is actually that system coming out is why i stopped even going to ptqs yeah so so rptqs were like small regional tournaments that would be like you know southern california would have one or like you know they were pretty small it was like a couple of states and um, w- would be the region serviced by each RPTQ. This is like the Americas basically are getting their own RPTQ. So it's like a little bit bigger, but it's but the there is something there is a higher level of of magic play now, which is the pr- uh, players tour finals. Um, so the players tour finals you qualify for if you do well enough at the players tour. We don't know exactly how many slots. I don't think from each get to go to the players tour. Uh, also at uh, players tour finals, I mean. Also, if you win a Grand Prix, you automatically qualify for the players tour finals. So top eight gets into the players tour. Top one goes to the players tour finals. So there are now two levels of PT, pro tour, players tour, whatever. Um, one of them being lower and one of them being higher right uh then at the pt so now so that's that's all of tabletop right it goes all the way up to the pt finals and that's like the pt finals is like the highest level of organized play similar to the pro tour is there still there and there are three of those a year so there's only one of those a year there are three of those a year three of those a year as well so So each each of these are season correct and if you qualify 
you'll go to your season. And I believe I believe at the end of the year there is also a world's championship. There is a world championship. It's similar to the old players championship at which they did at the mm-hmm. world at world championship. It's sixteen players. And and it I'm is get and to is, how to qualify to that because cool. I have to explain more of how organized play works. Yep. So so but basically that's the path to the pro tour, right? Sure. Um is is what I explained. So there's a bunch of different avenues just like there used to be, but now there's one extra step. Uh rather than RPTQ being like a smaller regional tournament, there's like a, a mini pro tour you go to to qualify for like the bigger pro tour. Right. But the mini pro tour is still gonna be big, big and deal. prestigious yeah. And, and, and yeah. And live sh- and, and, and they've and said and that coverage. there will be ways, and they haven't detailed it, for finish like good finishes at the players tour to requalify you for future players tours. We're we're gonna get into this a little bit in a second, but basically they have established previously there was like platinum, gold, silver level pros. That still exists in some format. What Michael just described of like you can kind of grind good finishes into more finishes will kind of become what used to be gold slash silver, where there's other levels above that now of like pro player, but that player, that kind of player will still be able to exist. We just don't know what it looks like and what it's called. Somewhat. Uh, There's, there is from the old uh, gold, silver, platinum, there is some missing components that, you know, some pro players who used to be gold, silver, platinum have complained about. Sure. we'll, We'll get into that when I explain the rest of the structure. So now there's arena. This is the other way that like the average person is going to get into Magic Arena or mm-hmm. ma- uh, Magic Organized Play. Uh, the top twelve hundred uh, ranked each month in Limited and Constructed will get to play in an MCQ, which they already do. the The last one happened on Sunday, uh, Saturday Sunday. It's mm-hmm. like a two day event where you, if you're top twelve hundred, you get into this big tournament. You have to like get eight wins before you lose twice or something like that similar to like mm-hmm. a, an event in Magic Arena. Uh, that qualifies you for day two. Once you're on day two. Um, I forget how day two works, but it's a much smaller field and you have to, you know, do well enough do to well. qualify. Um, so that is how you do it. That qualifies you for the mythic invitational, just like what they do now, except they call it mythic championship. Um, the, <laughs> they, the mythic championships are now called mythic invitationals. They're as far as I can tell, the same thing as the arena mythic championships. Mm-hmm. They're called invitationals, which is a little weird to me. Um, but that's it. Uh, oh, no, the I other thought, way, I think, I think you can still be invited to them. I, I do believe that there is community well, so member. Both, both tabletop and Mythic Invitational are going to have discretionary invites, but yeah. that was always true. Yeah, they've forever. always had them. They're just, I think, going to use them more liberally more, than they did historically. Yeah, there's more focus on them because they've been doing these like very small field arena tournaments, like the Mythic Invitational right. and like the MPL, where they are kind of inviting community members, and that is a little bit more controversial. Um, but at like a larger field pro, you know, uh, players tour, it's like, they used to always do that. I mean, they used yeah. to invite pro players who didn't day quite make it, but that were, of... you know, strong community members. Yeah. They yeah. invited day nine a couple of times. Cause he was like a, you know, prominent competitive gamer who like didn't really have time for competitive magic, but he was like a big advocate for the game and he was good at games. So they sure. were like, ah, you can, you can get over here day nine. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, and there were other, there were like other similar things where they invited like prominent players from other games who were into magic, who were, you know, advocates for the game or whatever. Um, so that's not going away. That's still happening in tabletop and digital. Um, okay, so, so those, that's organized play from a basic level. Uh, the pro player structure, what they, the big thing is that they added to the MPL. The MPL is now 24 players instead of 32. Um, 
and it's there's rivals there's the rivals league now so the rivals league is 48 players that are below the mpl um and they are basically like a mini mpl that's competing for slots in the actual mpl Mm -hmm. um so in order to get there well so so the the mpl right now is established right the top 24 it's we have an MPL established at this point that they're doing like a little mini season um, at the end to finish out 2019. And like, I think the first, the first MPL will be the top 24 people in that. It's something like that. They explained it in the article. I didn't look at it that closely because it's very irrelevant to your life. (laughs) Right. Like I'm not in the MPL, so it doesn't affect me. Um, But, 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 but they're doing like a little mini season where they are like trying to reset everything so that they have an MPL and arrivals going into like the actual, Mm -hmm. you know, organized play season that uses this structure. So that way, you know, everything works right. right. So there's like a little mini season where things work slightly differently. People's contracts are expiring and whatever. Right. So, um, so every every season, which is the these four month periods between the you know players tour finals, um, the bottom four MPL will drop down to rivals. The top sixteen get to stay. The other four, uh, seventeen through twenty, will be in the MPL gauntlet, which is how you qualify for the MPL. So the rivals league will have the top two people, the top two rivals in paper, and the top two rivals in arena. Uh, based on points, which I'll get into, just automatically qualify for the MPL. Mm-hmm. Three through eight will each participate in the gauntlet. So now there's four MPLs in the gauntlet, and then there's the top six out of the top eight in paper from Rivals, and six out of the top eight in Arena in Rivals. So that's 16. And then they have a 16-person tournament, and the top four of them replace... The top, the top four replace because the top two of each automatically get in. So the, right. so the top four of that replace the bottom four. four, and the top two of each replace the next four. Right. So there will be eight new members. And the bottom 12 in the gauntlet all automatically qualify for rivals. So even if you were a rival who didn't make it in the MPL, you get another shot as long as you qualify for the gauntlet and then lose. And the automatically get into the rivals, and then also the players that got kicked out of the MPL... They also drop down to rivals. If you're in the MPL, you can't just like be out, be out unless you do something bad. And so when I described platinum, gold and silver, platinum is kind of the new or uh, people have described even as super platinum is the new MPL is super platinum. I mean, making way more money or getting way more invites to stuff. Uh, Rivals Rivals is is more like platinum. What platinum used to be. And then gold slash silver is now the new qualification system that we actually don't have too much information on exactly how it works yet. Um, And then the, the actual MPL uh, they're moving to appearance fees for going to tournaments rather than just a streaming contract and a yearly salary. Um, in part because like you don't know how long you're going to be in the MPL and also because they want the MPL to show up tournaments because that's how they get publicity. Right. And so, um, you, they have like, you know, they're able to earn up to 50 K in appearance fees and they are invited to all the mythic invitationals and pro tour, uh, players tours. Um, and are they, the, the players championships, not tours, or they go to the tours, tours. as well. So. They go to, they're invited to all the tours automatically. Okay. And they're invited to all the mythic invitations, but they're, they still have to qualify for the worlds, the worlds. Correct. Cause there's only 16 slots in worlds. Worlds is the winner of each PT final and the winner of each mythic invitational. And then, so, so they get invited to the PT finals, but not the players tours. I think they get invited to the players tours, but isn't there a step between that and worlds? 
Am I yes. missing that? So do they get invited to the step between that and Worlds? No. That's Players Tour Finals. That's Players Tour Finals. I don't believe they get an invite to that. I may have misread the article. Cool. That's fine. But I am Please pretty sure they just qualify for the Players yep. Tour. And they have to then do well enough to get to the finals. Which sure. shouldn't be too hard because theoretically they're the best 24 players in the world. Especially after a few seasons where they're falling out into rivals and rivals are ascending. After a while, it'll be pretty clear that the MPL is the best 24 players in the world. And in fact, right now, it's pretty dang close to the best 24 sure. players in the world. Because there's also there's, a little bit of a snowball. There was like a little bit of weirdness. There is a bit of a snowball. Because it's true. by being in the MPL, you'll be able to play in more events to qualify more consistently for yeah, things. Yeah, so, so, so rivals, the way that you get into rivals, it's the top... 12 mythic point earners you earn mythic points by playing in arena organized play tournaments um so you can get them from i wrote it down the mythic invitationals give mythic points mcqs give mythic points so the qualifiers Mm -hmm. uh and they're not mcqs they're mythic invitational qualifiers Mm -hmm. i guess or mythic qualifiers what they call them but they're the arena qualifiers basically sure. that you get from being top 1200 each month and then mythic point challenges which you also qualify for being top 1200 each month and they're just special tournaments we don't have a lot of details on that uh will get you mythic points uh, they don't qualify you for anything directly but they that's how you get points um then it's the top 12 so that's 12 people in rivals top 12 paper uh players point earners which you get in from paper organized play so you get those from um Players tours, player tour finals, uh, and I believe that's it. I don't think you get them from GPS, which is unfortunate. Um, and then the bottom twelve of the MPL gauntlet is in rivals, right? And then the bottom twelve from the MPL gauntlet. So you know that tournament that the rivals got to participate yep. in, try and ascend. If they lose, they're back in rivals. Um, and then six discretionary invites into rivals. So they're no longer doing the discretionary invites directly into the MPL. They're doing discretionary invites into rivals where you then have to fight for those eight MPL slots that yeah. open up every season. And so the rivals yeah. also get appearance fees, smaller appearance fees. They get 20 K up to 20 K is what they say in the announcement. Uh, and they get invites to players tour and they get an invite to a special MCQ that allows them to qualify for mythic invitational. They do not get an automatic invite to the invitationals, but cool. there's a special rivals MCQ that I don't recall if they even said how many slots it is but it'll be like i assume just rivals or maybe rivals plus other invitees i mean the one thing is is that you know this is also basically broken down into a four-month schedule so that's a lot of tournaments that each of these rivals and npl players will have to go through on a regular basis yeah just in that period of time like yeah. that, that is a pretty consistent amount of gameplay now the the appearance fees is a yearly appearance fee though not a seasonal appearance fee or is it seasonal i have no idea Okay, because <laughs> because this is this is a really long article, uh, and I took notes on it, and I wasn't super concerned about the appearance fees because I'm very unlikely to be receiving. Sure, it, but it, it basically, feels I'm trying to yearly, but it's weird because it's since how seasonal it is. Yeah, it, I mean, it's very seasonal. You could you could be in the MPL for three months and you could drop out. Right, it's unlikely well, because months, you can't. You just have to be in the. Well, you would drop to rivals, I guess. Well, no, but. Four months, right. Four you, months. Be, you be in the MPL four months, you drop down to rivals, then it'd be another four months, you drop down to nothing. Right. And and you mentioned you mentioned that... And so you have a lot of chances to get back in, basically. Right. You mentioned that we used to have a Pro Tour poor, per draft format. That was also kind of in a world where core sets were built more to be played in a professional drafting environment where now they've specifically stopped doing yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they haven't announced the schedule for next year, so we don't know exactly when the Pro Tours are. Yeah, it's possible that, like, Corset is 
no longer featured one. as a draft format at a at a, it at a this year. players tour, right? Because this year it was Modern Horizons. Modern That's Horizons. True. That's so, true. And, and I can imagine that every year is not going to have a Modern Horizons level draft product in the summer, and it's probably easier just to make it. I don't know about that, but. Maybe not well, like that's competitively Bond, minded. Great, yeah, that's what I mean. I meant competitively minded draft format because Battle Bond or Conspiracy three aren't going to be. Yeah, but they do like a Masters format. set, and they've done GPs for Masters sets. They could theoretically do a Masters Pro Tour if they wanted. But they, they have Master sets are done. They've said yeah, they're they got done. replaced by Modern Horizons. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, like they've done other similar products <laughs> just because they don't Horizons. call them. <laughs> they don't call them Masters sets anymore. Um, um, oh yeah, so there's there's three tour tours. The thing is, there's also three Mythic Invitationals every year, sure. and so like every draft format will be featured in one or the other. I assume it's just like if you're a paper player, there's going to be like who's not that interested in arena. There's going to be a draft format that you can ignore, which is weird to me. Like that's never been true. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to every single pro tour, if you're just like on the train and you like are chaining together finishes enough to keep being on the pro tour, there's a draft format that you can just ignore and never play it. Well, and that's that, like that's so wild to me. <laughs> I mean, a most of the master sets have been that, and b okay, they, when they when I'm they reintroduced corsets, when they reintroduced corsets, they said the point of this is not to be as professionally focused of a draft format. Like that was part of the announcement, and it's held true into this year where it's not part of the pro tour. Sure. And but like those cards are legal and standard. It's not like it's sure just totally outside of competitive play, like an unstable or like a battle. Yeah, like yeah. it, it does exist in competitive play. And in fact, you can still every month draft some M twenty and get top twelve hundred limited ranking on arena, and you can still qualify for the pro tour playing M twenty. You can do it on Magic Online too. Like there, you know, heck, you can play an MCQ that's M twenty sealed. Like there's a lot of opportunities to qualify for the players who are playing it. You just might not get to play it at the players tour so it'll sure. it's still involved in competitive like every draft format of a standard set will be involved in competitive play in some way or another and you get to qualify for things using it it's just weird that it won't be featured on the big stage right like it feels like they want to promote all of their releases on the big stage and show you the best players in the world playing with those cards and now that's not true right and it's weird to me that it's not because like it's not that weird that a, to me at least it's not that weird that a core set. I'm just no like a hardcore limited player, sure. So it's weird to me, but yeah, fair. That's the way it is. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I think it's important that they like are allowed to use core sets for something that's not limited focused, right? That I think that's part of it is that they want to have but more there's freedom. There's like 250 cards. Sets. There's 250 cards in a set. It's like there are enough cards to go around that you don't have to just like. Oh, this isn't for draft, so we could just do whatever we want. Right, like you have like, so many. They could do t- Titans now, or and like I mean, I don't think they want those back in standard, but something that's so limited warping that it would make it a bad professional play. Mythic. Still, what was? Mary. I mean, you just automatically win. It's like Elish Norn in Modern Masters two. Like you just win by having it. The people that won that GP. I mean, like Liliana Dreadhorde General. Is I mean, it happens regularly too. Mythic. Yeah, yeah. Ugin fair. was a rare well, that, that was basically a big did that. Spark. <laughs> and it was colorless. You could put it in any deck. Yeah, but it's not it's not unique to War of the Spark. Sure. That's, like most sets have some crazy unbeatable bomb. Often they put it at Mythic, which is nice for limited. Sure. But like I don't think that those ruin draft unless they're super frequent. Um so so what you were saying about gold silver, gold silver, uh platinum and super MPL, platinum. Super platinum, yeah. Rivals is somewhat like platinum. Like you get invites to stuff, but like you're not getting 
paid tons of money. Sure. Right. Um, you're paying like enough you money to continue. NBL. Basically, yeah, you're, you're getting paid enough money to continue and like try and try and really make it. Though I would say it's better than what previously existed, partially just because of so much more of the spotlight being focused on you. You're able to turn that into a successful streaming platform or other opportunities sure, as far to, as writing. You're not required to anymore, which I think is good because I don't think that Wizards was getting their money's worth out of every single MPL player contract. Sure. And and I, I don't think being, I mean, this is true in general and it's kind of a little bit of the backbone of this podcast. Being a very good magic player does not mean that you are a very entertaining magic player. Right. Um, totally. I mean, most of the most popular streamers are not in the MPL. Correct. They're not like the best players in the world. And a lot of the best players in the world, like, are not don't have huge streaming followings because it's just different skill sets. Right. And I think that's what Wizards figured out over this kind of MPL trial period that we've had over the last year. And that's why they're doing appearance fees instead of that. But obviously you can leverage this into your own streaming brand. And if you do, I'm sure that there are opportunities for Wizards to be like, hey, we're going to pay you some money to like, you know, be in this, like be on our weekly MTG Twitch stream or whatever. Right, like. Right. Well, I mean, like in general, the more Wizards succeeds with making an arena real focused on esport environment, the more potential there is for different players to be successful in that environment, especially where Magic has a much larger financial backbone to it outside of even Wizards control than any other game. Not any other game, but most other games out there with the secondary market. It's how Star City games exist. It's how Channel Fireball has existed up to this point where these are both venues that have been able to pay players to come up with written content or make videos or whatever. And through that, make money on it. And the Rivals gives the benefit to these players to do maybe just be a star city games writer or be a channel fireball writer or be a TCG player. Yeah. Writer. And that's always been true of pros. I, I think it's more true if you're an MPL or a rival because like wizards is like featuring you and putting your picture everywhere. Exactly. Um, but, but yeah, so, so that's like platinum and, and MPL being super platinum gold is what kind of doesn't exist. That was where you could kind of chain together enough pro points to qualify for the next few pro tours and build up a buffer. Mm-hmm. It seems like you can't build up a buffer under this new system with the way they've described it. You can, at a player's tour, do well enough to not qualify for the finals, but qualify for the next player's tour. Mm-hmm. They've said that you can do that. We don't know how well you have to do for one thing. For another thing, that's not a buffer. That's one more. You get one more chance. And you get one sure. more chance after that. What Gold allowed you to do was build up a buffer of like a couple of pro tour invites so that you could then you know, have a few chances to get enough points to become platinum or get enough points to be gold in the next season. And and you, you could kind of slowly build up until you get there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this doesn't really have anything like that. This is what this is, is more like silver where you get one invite silver. You got one invite to a pro tour. You also got buys of GPs, which I assume those are going away. No, I imagine buys are still around. Who gets buys? It's based on points. Of some variety. I don't know. But anyway, you would get buys and then you would also get... It would be so interesting if buys are just gone. They're kind of lame. Sure. I mean, whatever. Yeah. This isn't a discussion about buys. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you would get buys and then you would also get one PT qualification. And that's what this seems like. If you do well enough at the Players Tour, you get, to, you get the next one. You get one more shot. And if you do well enough at that one, you get one more shot again. But you can never kind of like start climbing, right? Sure. You, you can't really climb. Um, so that was the, that was the one big complaint against a lot of, uh, among a lot of longtime pros is that's how they became a longtime pro is they built up this buffer. They kind of climbed the ladder and eventually they became platinum or they were just gold for 10 years straight. And they just were like a fixture on the pro tour. They just went to every PT because they had kind of 
climbed to this status that allowed them to kind of maintain a steady course without spiking an event. It was it was interesting because there was not really a monetary reward for accomplishing that, but there was a consistent play reward that was available. And now they've kind of flipped it where there's a monetary reward for being able to eventually be good enough to do it. There's just not a consistency of play. Right. And the effort that you can accomplish. And and I've seen, you know, the, the nice thing about this whole change is it definitely feels like a very good response to a lot of the critique over the last year. And they weren't going to get it 100% perfect. I mean, they, you know, what maybe there's a universe where that happened. Um, we're definitely in the darkest timeline in a lot of ways. Spider-Man just got removed from Disney. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, there's other things, but I don't want to talk about the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the fact that they listened to player feedback. They went through all of these things and worked towards creating a system that does accomplish a lot of the complaints that people had into the MPL last year is, yeah. is great. I think it, they did so, a lot of good work. I think they have more to do to get to the next point and, and hopefully they're listening to the pro community in a way that lets them be like, oh, we need to work on how silver and gold work. We need yeah. to work on how um, XYZ happens and, and get to the next steps. And some of it's also just going to need to happen first and then as it's happening they'll learn somewhat how the MPL worked they needed the MPL to happen and then through that process they were able to learn okay streaming contracts don't make sense uh, we need uh, to have a more thorough way of thought out uh, qualifications to be able to get into the MPL and we need kind of a way to kind of have a secondary MPL so if you lose being in the MPL you're not just like fired Right, you're not you're not the one of the 32 best players in the world or nobody. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and and they have said after they put this announcement out, basically what they said, uh, they didn't really admit that the last year has been kind of them figuring out as they go, but it's kind of clear that that's what happened, right? right. The, the Magic Arena open beta came out was had a very strong. Uh, release into open beta. Everybody was playing it. Uh, they had the competitor artifact came out at the time, if anybody remembers that. And um, it was also starting to gain some traction against the pro community. And so what they needed to do was they felt like they needed to strike when the iron was hot, when Arena was like taking off and they had clear competitors emerging in the kind of TCG esports category. And they came out with the MPL and the organized play changes and they kind of winged it. Um, so now they have said that they were spending that time coming out with this and really formulating it. And they were listening to player feedback, but not kind of letting us know that they were. They were just kind of internalizing all of it to create this. Now that this is creative, they have said that their next focus for organized play is to listen to people's feedback and figure out how to make this the best it can be. Yeah, part of the announcement so, was literally them saying, we could not have talked about what was going on with this as we built it until this moment. But now right. that we're here, our plan is to be extremely communicative moving forward right. in so how all we the, plan this. All the wizards, like competitive facing social medias have all been like, let us know if you have any questions. There's like a, the director of esports who used to be at Riot, who presumably, you know, helped build this based on his experience at Riot running the mm -hmm. LCS and everything else. Um, he said, yeah, hit me up on Twitter. I, you know, I'm answering questions. So, um, yep. so it seems like they're receptive to feedback. Obviously it remained like anything that wizard says it remains to be seen a little bit since they are not the best at communication, but they, they have said that they're making an effort, which is often more than we get. So, yeah. Uh, well, big thank you to Michael and Marshall for helping as always. Thank you for the data dump and doing all the research that you do. Uh, yeah, big reminder, we will be at Magic Fest Vegas doing our trivia show. Uh, be there or be square. There will be giveaways. There will be 
cool questions being asked. There'll be awesome teams. Me and Ben will be hosting. Uh, thank you to all the people that are going to be there as part of our contestants. Um, it'll be on Friday from 5 to 7 at Magic Fest Vegas. Uh, I will also be in the command zone jamming commander games uh, and modern games. I'll have at least two modern decks with me, uh, if not more. Um, I like lending three modern decks to people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what happens at modern EPs. Is if you're not playing, you lend your cards. That's yeah, what I, happened I to am, me at the at the last one. When I lent Ben my cards. I am I am a modern deck bank because I like having them, but uh, can't I can't play eight different. I can't enter the tournament eight times. And we'll be at, we'll, I'll, I'll at least be at the magic party. There'll be cool stuff going on. Definitely check it out. I'll be um, around. I'm playing in the main event though, so wish me luck. Yep. Good luck, Michael. Um, and then we will also, um, yeah, be hanging out. Looking forward to see everyone. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at the, M- we are at the MM cast. I am at Kess Wiley. Uh, I'm at Dudar, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. Uh, we are, have a Facebook group. Make sure to follow there. We have a, uh, YouTube channel that you are hopefully watching on, or if you're listening to the podcast, go check out the YouTube channel. Yeah. You I mean, even card if you, images, even if you don't watch a lot of YouTube, like I don't just go subscribe. Yeah, anyway, it's helpful. You don't have to watch the videos. Just like up our numbers because you like us. That's what I did. Yep. I never watch any YouTube videos, but I go and subscribe to all my favorite creators that I listen to podcast or watch the streams or whatever, yep. just because like I want to support them. So um, you get to see how much I fidget while we're on camera. Uh, you get it's to a lot. <laughs> uh, also, if you want to write a review on iTunes, that's always appreciated. Make sure to uh, check out all of the other good things about us that we shout out every episode. I believe there was a thing that shouted stuff out that was pre-recorded. Uh, and thank you. No, there wasn't. We don't do that anymore. Uh, so Command Zone, Twitter, Patreon? Facebook. Do we get Patreon? we have a Patreon, and it's really important. Uh, you get a bunch of cool stuff. You get the unedited version of the podcast, which is just 100% if we swear accidentally, if we say something that's just so <laughs> Masters wrong. Masters of Modern After Dark. <laughs> we say something just so incorrect that we decide that we don't want it out in the world. Uh, Marshall will sometimes be like, you're like, Extreme for instance. mispronunciations. Yeah, I explained all of the trivia rules and Marshall may cut those out because oh, it was I'm just definitely a lot of content you don't need to hear. <laughs> but if you want, it's on the Patreon uh, and you should check that out. Also, there's a Patreon exclusive part of the Discord. We have a Discord and if you're a patron, you get into the decklist patron submission section that's kind of exclusive or exclusive to patrons and then you also have a patron hang- hangout. Uh, a lot of our patrons helped create the trivia questions we have for the show. So you get yeah, to do that kind of Patreon stuff. we the Patreon section of the Discord. Hey guys, if you have any cool trivia questions, let us know. And and. With the you know the Patreon is what makes this happen. The fact that when you see this on YouTube, there are card images that is one hundred percent funded by the Patreon. Uh, Patreon. The fact that all this equipment consistently works is funded by that. We can't do this show without you guys, and so we greatly appreciate your help. Um, and we will thank you forever and ever and ever. And hopefully, we'll see you guys at Magic Fest Vegas. I'm Alex Kessler, Michael Grethy, Marshall James, and Ben Bateman. Everyone, wave at him and Gerard Butler. We're waving. Uh, You saved that White House. Uh, (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.